Welcome to Feel Better, Live More Bite Size, your weekly dose of positivity and optimism to get you ready for the weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1 from Athletic Greens, one of the most nutrient-dense whole food supplements that I've come across. It contains vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, and so much more, and I myself take it regularly. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash live more to access a very special offer. They are giving my listeners five fantastic travel packs and one year supply of vitamin D free of charge with your first order. See your details at athleticgreens.com forward slash live more. Today's clip is from episode 40 of the podcast with nutritional therapist and author Jeanette Hyde. Now, in this clip, Jeanette explains why the health of our gut microbiome is so key for good physical and mental health. And she shares some great strategies that she's used with her own clients that can help us improve our relationship with our own gut bugs. Generally, time-restricted eating and time-restricted feeding is a very safe recommendation that can impact weight, blood sugar, immune system, inflammation levels, all kinds of things in the body. So it makes sense that when you make that recommendation with a patient, Mm. Jeanette, all kinds of different diseases or conditions may start to improve. Well, the gut starts healing itself. It goes into healing and repair mode. The wonderful Sachin Panda is, you know, one of the main guys behind the time-restricted feeding um, research from, you know, the Salk Institute in San Diego. And I I remember in 2015 when I was writing The Gut Makeover, looking at his uh, mouse studies that were coming out yeah. at that time. And I literally thought I, w- I was reading them wrong. There were three groups of mice. They were all given exactly the same calorie count of food over four months. You had one group that could eat the food, the chow, any time they felt like it. You had one group that could eat in a 12-hour window and one group that could eat in an eight-hour window. And at the end of it, the mice that were eating all day long, you know, the kind of Western 24-7, you know, snacking all day long kind of uh, pattern, they were all obese. And the ones in the 12-hour window and the 8-hour window lost weight. You know, the ones in the 8-hour window lost most. They also dissected their guts and looked at their microbiomes. And the microbiomes of the 12 and the 8-hour ones were much, much, you know, they were healthy, the bacteria was thriving and all this kind of thing. There are all kinds of very interesting pieces of research out there for dealing with gut issues and and, uh, manipulating your microbiome and improving symptoms of IBS that often people haven't, you know, um, it hasn't come on their radar yet. If I think back to that conversation I had with Professor Panda, you know, he talks about, and I've I've read all his research papers about how restricting our eating window can have multiple downstream consequences. Mm. You know, we, we focus for so long on changing what we eat, maybe we need to put as much focus on when we eat. The microbiome will flourish and have more diversity just being by not having food sort of charging through it, you know, all day long. Yeah, and so it, what happens, it's like, I say to people, it's like, think of it like a lawn. You need to not walk over it for a few hours. Let it have time to, to flourish and thrive. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And I think, you know, 
often a lot of the things we're talking about to improve people's gut health, we're talking about the foods that they can put in through their mouth, you know, that are going to help, you know, feed and nourish their, their gut bugs and their microbiome. But we don't give as much attention to saying, hey, guys, we need a period of time where we're not putting those foods down, even if they are healthy, gut-friendly foods. Your body, like your lawn, as the analogy yeah. you just used, needs a bit of time just to sort of reset. Yeah, and for the big cases like inflammatory bowel disorder and stuff like that, and also diverticulitis and, and some of the really bad IBS cases, I start by saying do a 16-hour fast with an eight-hour window so that's eight hours in the daytime where they would eat yeah, food within. Yeah, yeah. And, and do that for the first month. So, for instance, let's say somebody tells me they hate breakfast. I leap on that. I leap on that fact. You know, that's one of my key entry points. I'm like, oh, you don't like breakfast. Well, you don't have to eat breakfast. You know? yeah. <laughs> and they're like, really? I've always been told I've had to eat breakfast, so they don't. So suddenly, instantly, th those kind of people might be very happy to start, you know, 12 eating at 12 to late, yeah. And I've had several of these cases and I I thought I was just doing it, you know, to regularize the microbiome and get put that in better shape so that is going to have a knock-on impact. I wasn't expecting the results as fast as they're coming. So one thing I found with that time-restricted feeding is I just found that people would could imagine instantly that that was something attainable, easy. They're not going to have to go hungry. They don't have to sort of forfeit any foods that they love and they enjoy, do they? So they literally go, oh, okay, rather than eating at 10 p.m. when my husband comes in and going to bed with heartburn every night and I've noticed I've put on a lot of weight over the last year, I'll eat with the kids at six. And I'll have a cup of, cup of herbal tea with my husband while he's eating his dinner when he comes in at 10. I went out for lunch with my brother and my sister. I think it just came organically into the conversation about time-restricted feeding. My sister was saying that she was doing slim fast and all these other things. And she put on a lot of weight over the last you know year or so. She was eating late. She was having the acid reflux. And I was talking about time-restricted feeding. Anyway, I saw her very recently. She walked back into the room and I said, oh, you're looking really well. How are you? She said, oh, I've lost a stone. She said, the, I've, I did that thing you told me to. I'm having dinner with the kids at six now instead of waiting for the husband. And I've, I've, I've lost that amount of weight. And I mean, she looks fantastic. And she said, that is the only difference I made. It took her three months. She did that in three months. No but coming changes, back, yeah. coming back to Sachin Panda, um, don't you think that's sort of like incredible? It's because it's a very practical intervention for people. It makes intuitive sense. And this is about, you know, this whole idea that we're not designed to eat, you know, 24 hours a day or certainly from 6am all the way to 11pm. You know, our bodies are just not designed for that. And in my book, The Four Pillar Plan, I talk about a 12-hour window. And the reason I talk about that is because I think that's pretty much practical and achievable for everyone, for pretty much, you yeah, know, absolutely. for pretty much everyone. And yeah. I do, in, in clinic, I do go, you know, a bit deeper with some people. And I cover that in the book. I say, guys, look, some people will benefit from going lower, sure, but just start there, right? See if you can get that dialed in. And I know I try my very best to do that, and I manage to on most days. But I know you've been using this in your clinic mm. with patients since 2015. Yeah. So what are those common problems that you're seeing in your clinic? And what are some of those things that people potentially doing, you know, they think they're being healthy with, but actually when they see you, they're not being quite as healthy as, as you might want them to be. 
people can be just sort of focusing really hard on the diet and like have a conversation with somebody and, you know, they're actually seated 12 hours of the day, these IBS patients, you know, yeah. uh, um, driving to work, then being in very sort of demanding jobs and driving home. And and it's only as we're talking and they're explaining it to me, I, I might feed it back and go, do you realise you're, you're seated for 12 hours a day? And they go... Really, I've not really thought about it like that. Do you know what I mean? And I said, you don't, you're not having a lunch break either, are you? And they're like, um, no, I haven't got time for lunch. You know, they're eating at the desk and all that stuff as well. But I physical have... activity is important, right, for well, our guts? Yes, totally. Because, you know, when you're moving, your gut bacteria improves and you produce short-chain fatty acids, which help with the gut lining and to keep that repaired and in good shape. So, again, moving around if you have IBS is really important. Some people never even imagined that the fact that they're wolfing down their desk while they're answering 20 emails <laughs> it's part of part of the problem as well and then on top of the IBS you normally have people often quite low mood or their anxiety is really bad or they're not sleeping very well or they can't lose any weight even though they're, they, they might say to me I'm eating 1500 calories a day I've been doing this for two years you know nothing's happened you know the weight has got stuck as well um, but lots of them and then they, I see the food diaries and often it's like wonderful food diaries very very sort of all-round diets, eating a good quality breakfast, lunch, dinner, lots of variety. You know, they're doing lots and lots of good things. Do you want to know what the but is? The but is, it's a massive blind spot for a lot of people is the alcohol and binge drinking at the weekend. And these are all walks of life, people who are retired, some people have, you know, the high-flying jobs. And they're drinking a lot of alcohol and they then haven't put, put two and two together that their IBS is terrible all the time. You know, like not even knowing if they're going to make it to the loo on time. You know, the IBS is so bad. So bad. But they've got this kind of big thing, elephant in the room that's not being acknowledged. Yeah, that, that, that's really interesting, Jeanette. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we could just finish off with four big tips that we can leave my listeners with that they can start putting into practice, hopefully immediately to start improving their health. Okay, so the first one I would say is maybe keep a a diary about your drinking because I think that a lot of us, we don't realise till we actually see it in black and white how much we are drinking. Alcohol. Yes, and I think that, you know, especially in IBS or if you've got a weight issue, it's a big factor. So... Do you know, it's just worth seeing it in black and white. And sometimes that can, you know, you start to have a conversation with yourself about, well, actually, maybe my partner and I will we'll, we'll try and do this, that or the other. It's much easier to drink less if you've, if you've got support and, you know, you're supporting each other. Eat in a 10-hour window. If you've got a weight issue or a digestive issue, start start trying to eat in this 10-hour. And be really, really anal about it, by the way. If you're not at the moment having fermented foods, yeah, look out for things like kefir. They are in all the supermarkets now and they taste delicious. You just put them in the blender with a handful of you know berries in the morning, spoonful wow. of flax seeds, and you've got a very gut-friendly breakfast. Um, the more diversity of fruit and vegetables you have with all the fibre, the textures, the colour, the plant chemicals and everything in there, that that promotes uh, lots of diversity of different bacteria in, in the gut. And when you have diversity of bacteria, then that, that correlates with good health. Really hope you enjoyed that bite-sized clip. Do spread the love by sharing this episode with your friends and family. And if you want more, why not go back and listen to the original full conversation with my guest. Now, just a quick reminder, my brand new book, Happy Minds, Happy Life, 
10 Simple Ways to Feel Great Every Day is available to order now. If you like my podcast, I really think you're going to enjoy this book. It contains loads of simple and practical strategies to help you look after your mind and enhance your mental well-being. This, in turn, is going to have a transformative impact on your happiness and your overall health. Now, I cover lots of different topics in the book, including how you can better deal with criticism, how to overcome a lack of motivation, how to build better relationships, and ultimately, how to experience more joy in your life. So if that sounds of interest, please do pick up your very own copy. It is available as a paperback, as an ebook, but also as an audiobook, which I am narrating. All links to order on both sides of the Atlantic are in the episode description in your podcast app. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Make sure you have pressed subscribe and I'll be back next week with my long form conversation on Wednesday and the latest episode of Bite Science next Friday. <laughs>